Hello, friends, and welcome to the Point of Hope Bible Study Podcast. My name is Steve, and this broadcast is brought to you by the Point of Hope Apostolic Church in Indianapolis, Indiana, where brighter days begin. Leading our study today is the senior pastor at Point of Hope, Mr. Stephen Gossage. Pastor, welcome. What can you teach us today? Thank you. We are in Lesson 8 of our series, um, Heroes in Whom We Can Believe, and Lesson 8 is about Matthew and that he was loyal to the kingdom of God. Our scriptural text is found in Matthew 9, 9 through 13, Matthew 24, 21 through 27. However, I'm going to read only two focus verses, and it's this, Matthew 24, 11 through 13. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many, and because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. We're talking about Matthew and how he was loyal to the kingdom of God. Loyalty right now, Steve, is a character trait of great strength, especially in this hour. I believe when loyalty is attached to the right cause, in this case, the kingdom of God, it becomes one of the greatest gifts to success and a continuance that will cause success in your life, nothing greater than loyalty. However, loyalty and submission together are paramount for proper service to God, especially in this hour. Can we go back just a second? Sure. Focus verse. Yes. Could you help explain and maybe give someone who's new in their journey um, a quick overview of iniquity and what, what that term means, especially in this context? Oh, sure. So uh, Jesus, the context setting the table, Jesus was talking about the end days. He was talking about, he didn't tell us the day or the hour as we know, but he did colorize what was going on. False prophets arising, deceiving many, and the line, because iniquity shall abound. Iniquity is exceeding evil. That is one of the definitions. Exceeding, exceeding like exceedingly evil, evil over yes, norm, yes, like so, like extra evil. Yeah, it's that. I mean, it's like it's overabundance. So, is it that way because it's people who are using the name of the Lord to deceive? Does that make something extra evil? I mean, is that far beyond regular evil? I mean, that's a great point. That I don't know, but my personal opinion says yes. Yeah, I would think so. But sure. that's only in a personal opinion. I don't have any Bible off the top of my mind right now. Uh, but I will say that iniquity is abounding right now. And the line goes on to say, the love of many shall wax cold. If there's ever been a time that that the love for population and people in general <laughs> It's just not there. I mean, so is that what he meant? That the love of of him, the love of people, the love of people, just, the love between strangers. I mean, you know, we're not that old enough to where we remember that we said hello to each other here in the Midwest. You know, that's a normal thing, even now, still. But it's not like it used to be, even when we were growing up, Steve. If you sure. recall. And it was just friendliness and kindness and neighborliness. And, you know, it's it was nothing to hear of a story of somebody dropping their wallet and the wallet being returned or mailed to them with all the money intact. Now, this is just a small example, but people don't care about each other. Yeah, you know, there's a term I don't hear anymore, 
And it's who's your hospitality. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 that kind of thing. Sure. Now, it's a little bit uh, amped up a little bit, what the Bible's saying, the love of many shall wax cold. I mean, you can see people that are... Uh, I, I saw, you know, while we're on this, I saw a few years back on the interstate here in Indianapolis, I saw a, a body just laying there. And I, of course, I was part of the... I was a police chaplain at one point, and it was during this time. And I saw a body in the middle of the road, and people were just driving around like, "Hey, it's like, it's like rush there's hour. not a body in the middle." Yeah, of it's <laughs> rush hour. I got to get home, and yeah. and I think that's what we're talking about. Sure, just there's just no care anymore. So. Yeah, we're so divided. Yeah, it's a terrible thing. Yeah, and I think the concept of loyalty in our North American culture today is challenging at best. Loyalty requires a foundation upon which we should try to build on as people and as Christians. Before loyalty developed, there has to be a relationship. And and we look at it that I can't be loyal to something without having a relationship with it. And I agree with that. I think so. I think it's the easy transition. Sure. But building relationships, it seems it becomes more difficult due to many factors, and not the least of which is the prevalence of the trends involving social networks. Uh, everybody's got a comment. Everybody's got an opinion, and all of these kinds of things uh, you can comment on, and you can divide rather than bring together, which is the whole purpose of social networking. <laughs> the word means bringing together. However, people have used that because, again, I don't think the love is there. People attack each other in such a way that that I think in one of the podcasts you had mentioned that if they were standing right in front of you, they would never think yeah. to do that. Well, and I think you had a story when during one of our in-person Bible studies at the church when you said, oh, hey, there's so-and-so, they're on my friends list. I should, oh, I'll say hi to them later. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> yes, I, I had I mentioned how that I uh, saw somebody, and I didn't know them, but they had went they went to a nearby church and... and um, I kind of knew of them, and I felt like since they asked to be my friend, <laughs> they knew who I was, and and I can I walked by them, say, "Hey, how you doing?" So and so, and they looked at me like I was, like I was trying to steal their like their I wallet. An adult. I need an adult, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "But we're Facebook friends. Yes. We're close. We're tight." <laughs> you liked my taco photo. That, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. And so. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all these other things, they have, that's something that we spend time on as opposed to trying to building friendships with each other. I, I think I mentioned another story how that I saw two brothers sitting on a couch one time. It was my mm, nephews. Yeah. And, and I was sitting in between them, and I, I saw both of them. You know, they were in another part of the country, so they didn't get to see and be with their Uncle Steve. And I'm thinking, man, they should be focusing on Uncle Steve and let him regale them of all their of all his cool stories. But, you know, <laughs> they weren't digging that. And so one of them was, was texting somebody, and I said, are you texting them right here? And then I look over. The other one was texting. I'm between two brothers now, and he's texting. And guess what they were texting? They were texting each other. <laughs> were they talking about you? No, they weren't talking about <laughs> me, but that would have been the real. Yeah, I would have had to bonk their heads. Yeah. But they were texting each other, and I'm going, hey, goobers, you're right next to each other. You can talk without texting each other. And I think that's the kind of world that we're in. And, I, and I'm not talking about all that kind of thing as much as 
that many people think they have friends and they have confidants and relationships, and, and they're finding out people don't have those loyal relationships that they thought they did. And it's causing, Steve, a depression. We just went through a couple years ago uh, through the COVID year, 2020, and people committed suicide because they were locked up and they killed themselves because they recognized nobody was interested in checking on them. There's no social uh, circle. There was nobody that they felt loved them. And that's so... The U.S. population alone is chronically lonely. It's between, it's estimated between 30 and 45 million people are what's considered chronically lonely. Mm. So the church has to stand up and be able to reach out to people and, and love them. And And uh, the question is, why is, what's this got to do with loyalty? Well, it, it has a lot to do with loyalty because loyalty, loyalty begins with relationship building. And the Bible says... If you want to have friends, and I'm paraphrasing, you must show yourself friendly. Well, and we weren't meant to be alone. I mean, we were not meant. Look two pages into the book. <laughs> Very early on, right? You know, we were told that it's not good for man to be alone. Right. That's exactly right. So I guess we're talking about Matthew. Uh, his former name was Levi, and Levi was a a man who was a tax collector and. What he did uh, was not pleasing to his Jewish brethren. In fact, uh, we know through uh, theologians and, and Bible study teachers that Matthew, or Levi in this case, when he would collect taxes from his fellow people, fellow Jewish brethren, and that he got a little bit extra, he got a little bit off the top of that to pay him. And he became somebody, uh, somewhat of a pariah. So he was he was a worldly Jew, as it were. He was somebody that he was a rising star, clearly, in the in Caesar's government in uh, the town where he was at. He was a tax collector, and many people didn't look upon him. But when Jesus came, and he came in his nearby city where he lived, he probably heard the story of uh, the calling. And the some the the abandoning of the fishing uh, jobs that they had by just following Christ when Jesus said, "Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men." The Bible doesn't say anything about them deciding and having a powwow and a group meeting on what they do. They simply drop their poles and they follow Jesus sure. or their nets, rather, I should yeah. say. And so there was loyalty there, and I'm sure that Levi. While he was doing all these things and he was successful in his in his world, he obviously there was something that was missing there in his life and in his heart. So when Jesus finally came to him and began to call him, called him into being a disciple to his credit, he recognized that he traded he was trading an earthly kingdom for a heavenly one. And he didn't look back either. And so what Matt, what what he did is that he went by his given name, Matthew. Matthew, as the Christian, he did three things that were very successful that helped him. Number one, as I've said, he call, he when he was called, he transferred his loyalty from Caesar 
to Jesus. He recognized that there was a change in the air. The Bible tells us in the New King James Version of Luke chapter 5 and 27, it says, After these things, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And so what was happening there, he just saw him just seemingly on top of the world, but all he was doing was just sitting in a lonely setting, yeah. if, if I could be dramatic here. Well, and his money wasn't giving him... Wasn't, wasn't happy, making him happy. And his money wasn't satisfying him yeah. and all the, the accolades that was coming to him. And so his loyalty, he changed his loyalty from Caesar to Jesus. I'd love to spend time on that. But the second thing that Matthew did is that not only did he transfer his loyalty to the proper kingdom, but that he was willing to choose everything that was right about it. In other words, he came to a recognition or recognizing that he was living a life of selfishness, of, of, of only pleasing his self and his flesh. And he became something so great that he was willing to choose and to let go of his past life that was a blessing to him. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, we know of a story how the Bible says of a rich young ruler mm -hmm. that came to Jesus. And he, on the opposite side of the spectrum, was actually doing everything right. He was saying, uh, I, I do this, I do this right, I do this right, I do this right. Tell me, what is this one thing that is hindering me from salvation? Well, we know Jesus said, well, sell your money, give all to the poor, and then there you can... That's that's the thing that's holding you back. That's what you're loyal to, Mr. Rich Young Ruler. The Bible says that he walked away sorrowful. Now, this is something that I always make it a point to bring out, and I think it's important here. While Jesus was willing to tell him the truth, he also didn't run after him and change the truth so that he might gain a follower. Mm, right. So in other words, Matthew couldn't just follow Jesus from afar and be successful. He had to be willing to leave his life of wrongness and choose right. So that's what we're talking about. And then finally, very simply, Matthew accepted the call. He wanted a change. I think the hardest group of people, segment of people, I should say, of converting or, or conversion into what we believe and what the Word of God says is those that already believe that they're, they have a relationship with God and I'm not one to judge, but by their own actions, their life tells another thing. Sure. They're depressed. They're oppressed. They may be using drugs, but they have a relationship with Christ. They know who Jesus is. Yeah, the uh, the uh, I do good things, and I don't treat people yes. poorly, and you yes. know I don't have to go to church because I pray on Tuesdays at four. Yes, exactly it. And so many people will, will characterize, well, that's just judging. Well, that's not, it's not judging when it's fact. You know what I mean? It's, it's what that old saying is. It's not bragging if it's facts. You well, know, it's just, as, it's I mean, as Christians, aren't we supposed to judge other Christians and admonish and teach and all of those things? Well, in brotherly kindness, yes, absolutely. But sure. yes, we're, we're accountable to one another. But the Bible says in Luke 5 and 11 and Luke 5 and 28 is that not only did he mirror the other disciples, that were in Capernaum at that time. But the Bible says in 5 and 28 of Luke, he left all, rose up, and followed him. For these men 
when they rose up, there was no looking back. So he accepted the call. So those people, what my point was, is those that feel like that they have a relationship with God and they're not living for God, they're the hardest people to convert and to tell them that there's something better because you just, they, they know everything. But man put me in a prison, a literal prison, to teach men and women, most particularly men in my body of experience, and teach them about the saving power of Jesus Christ that doesn't regard what they've done in the past to get them in that prison. It's a, it's almost a monthly story, at least, that I'll get a call from a former inmate that will say, thank you for for telling me, sure. preaching and ministry. And that has nothing to do with me. But that's what the gospel is. And these men are saying, hey, there's nothing for me in the world. I want to go and follow Jesus. I think Matthew is an interesting character, too, because I think for a lot of his life, it would have had to have been hard. It was. It would have been hard being just, just being him. I mean, you're a Jew collecting money for the people that are oppressing you. So, I mean, they hate you. Right. The people you're collecting money for hate you. Right. So you finally meet Jesus. You you sell it all. So now you don't have the clothes and the food and the comfort. Right. And you're probably traveling with some guys who, at least initially, don't really care for you. Right. So that's I, right. How do, I don't. I mean, uh, of course, through Jesus and proximity and, and sure. learning and all that. But man, sure. he had a heart. He may have had it harder than some of those other guys. Well, I agree. And if I would have thought outside looking in, and I was Monday morning quarterbacking the whole situation, I would have picked him to be the one that betrayed Jesus. Yeah, because they all would have said, well, yeah, that's yeah, the course. easy choice. Yep, we knew it would be him. It was the money grubber, the tax the collector. Money. Yep. But he didn't. And and here's what the word that we introduced earlier, and we also introduced in our teaching at the church, is that loyalty and submission. Many people are loyal, but they're not submitted. And we mentioned, I used the examples in the church and when I was teaching the lesson, that many people and our professional football team here in Indianapolis is the Indianapolis Colts, on whom I am picking right now they're going to win the Super Bowl. But that's neither here nor there. Wait, wait, what year? This year. Oh. 2022-23. But now you picked the wrong lesson because we were talking about boldness in a different one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm being loyal, okay? Well, there's, that's true. But isn't it interesting when you have those kind of conversations with people? And uh, they say, yes, I, I, that's my team as well. Oh, well, did you watch the, the game? No. Oh, okay, well, can you name anybody on the team? No. Oh, well, do you have any Colts blue? Do you have any hat? Do you have any jersey? Do you have any? No, no, and no. And I'm going, so really, you're only calling, you're only saying that you're loyal, but you're really not submitted to what they're doing on the field. <laughs> So in other words, you're only loyal from the stands. Yeah, you're not actually in it. You're not in it. You're not the one that feels the pain. Now, I realize that that's a slippery slope to some that's listening to the podcast. I get it. I understand. And as pastor, I agree with you 110%. However, my point being is that many people love to say they know Jesus, but does he know them? Mm-hmm. And I could say all day long, I love to continue the sports analogy. I know Michael Jordan. I could know all about his life, know where he went to school, where he was raised, what his middle name is, who his children's name is, what teams he played for, 
how many points he scored in a particular season and a particular game. I could say all day long, I know Michael Jordan. I am loyal to him. But listen, knowing him and having a telephone number to him is two different things. <laughs> yeah, so, so I guess what I'm saying, not to not to water down my point, is that many people are loyal, but it's only at convenience' sake, not Matthew, sure. not these disciples. So, loyalty is a gift of God, and it's listed in three different kinds of ways. Number one, loyalty. When we exercise loyalty in our lives, it becomes a great gift to self. There's nothing better than uh, being loyal because loyal begets a sincerity. Sincerity develops honesty, and then honesty develops into a peacemaking spirit with others. The passing of time reveals whether a person is loyal or not. We know that sure. when hard times come. Yeah. Or you need a ride to the airport. Or <laughs> Or you need to move. Right. Man, moving. Especially. We'll do it. Yeah, yes. go through your friends list there. I'm out. back to social right. media. I'm busy. I didn't move. tell you the day. Yeah, unfollow. Oh, well, I'm unfollow. busy that day. I'm busy for the whole month of May. But loyalty and faith, like, a gold, like gold in a refiner's fire, slowly reveals their presence as time and trials apply pressure and heat to the situation, and it forces out the dross until only one or rather the purity of that comes through. So in essence, loyalty to God's word becomes the pathway to our deliverance. So in other words, we have to make a stand and be loyal to the word of God, to the the house of God, and to the people of God. I thought it was just towards God. Well, that's the easy one, Mm -hmm. because you can do it any old way you want. Tom T. Hall said, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. Um, It was a top song and, and it's all about just him and Jesus and and uh, well anyways doesn't matter second way is that it comes a great gift to others when you're loyal when you show loyalty to them they appreciate that they understand that it, I, it feels I, good to be counted on too. absolutely yeah. absolutely and I talked to the story and and referenced and I I need to be quick about it because I know we're almost done but the loyalty that Jonathan and David had towards each other. Jonathan was oh, yeah. in line to be the king, mm-hmm. but David was one that was anointed. And so Jonathan did, didn't do anything to undercut David. In fact, he warned David many times when Saul was trying to kill him. And we know the story how that Saul and Jonathan was killed in battle by the Amalekites. And when the grieving process ended, you see, Jonathan and David had that relationship that they were going to be loyal to each other and their seed forever in perpetuity. And so when David asked, is there anybody in Jonathan's line, anybody that still exists in his seed, is there anybody that I can bless? Well, there's one, Mephibosheth. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was lame. And uh, literally, he was lame on his feet and legs, and and David invited him to live in the king's house and to sit at the king's table forever. And it had nothing to do with Mephibosheth. It was had all to do with the loyalty that he had towards his friend. It's amazing that that God is that kind of loyal to us, and we need to be loyal to, to sure. our friends. And then finally, the third way, and I got to be very quick. It the third way that it's a gift to us. And humanity is that it's a great gift to the cause of Christ. When we're loyal to people, 
we also won't let them continue to go down the road that's going to hurt them and damage them. We will pray for we will pray for them. We will cover them in prayer and fasting. And loyalty to people causes us to act on behalf of Christ by being that faithful friend to them, even in, in disappointing times. Loyalty and truth includes being faithful also to God's plan for his church. I, I, I would love to expound more about Matthew and uh, because he really is interesting, and when you really get into the nuts and bolts of Matthew, just like all of these heroes that we've mentioned in these podcasts, uh, we could talk all day long. But Matthew's own story is a written legacy that's left for all of us as believers that we need to bear witness to the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ because he was loyal to us even mm. when we were unlovable. He loved us. And so I just want to say that if you're looking for something, if you are you feel like you've been loyal to the wrong cause, guess what? If you got breath in your body, you can turn that and you can change like Matthew and recognize that there's nothing in this world that's going to satisfy. You need to be loyal to what Jesus is trying to do in your life. Well, and that's yeah. that's it, Steve. That's all I have. And he proved his today. loyalty because he died for it. So Absolutely. who else out there is going to die for you? Ponder that. That's all the time we have for this study today. That was a good one. Thank you, Pastor. Thank I you. pray this was a blessing for you and that you will join us as we continue to study God's Word. Please follow us on our various platforms so that you won't miss an episode of this exciting series. So until next time, goodbye, and thank you for listening. Bye.